and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. Uh, first, before we start anything, I would like to thank my new patron, Melissa Weisel. Thank you so much for joining my patron group, and I hope you enjoy the bonus content. Um, for today's episode, I actually have a guest who I am very blessed to say is also my friend. Uh, she is an incredibly amazing artist, a wonderful human being, and just a wealth of knowledge. So I would like you to please welcome Summer of Highly Creative Native. Hi, Summer. How are you? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very happy to be here. So why don't we start with you introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about um, what you do and, and, you know, just all the, all the fun things, the basics. Give me the basics. The basics. Okay. Well, my name is Summer. I live in Oklahoma. I live up in the northeast corner of Cherokee Nation. I am a Cherokee Nation citizen. And I um, have been on a reconnection journey for a while now. Uh, that's played the biggest part in uh, in my more recent adventures, endeavors, what what have you. And yeah, that's uh, that that's pretty much that's it. <laughs> okay, those are good basics. <laughs> um. Are you drinking anything exciting tonight? I actually am. I made myself some tea. It is from Backwoods Brews and Botanicals. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, it's her Mountain Sunday blend. It's uh, it's delicious. It's uh, an iced tea that, well, I made it iced. You can do it hot <laughs> or iced, whatever. But it is... Right. It's called Mountain Sunday, and it is very, very tasty. I enjoy it a lot. And well, that sounds great. I am not. I have not been lucky enough to try that one yet. I better, I better go order some immediately. Oh no, it's it's amazing. <laughs> You'll love it. It's really fruity and tart, but it's got some peppermint in there as well. It's really. Oh, that sounds perfect as an iced tea. Oh, it what is a great. Summer. It is so good. <laughs> awesome. Um, are you reading anything? Uh, I am. I am actually. I bounce between several books. Honestly. Um, Thank you, ADHD. <laughs> uh, currently, I am reading Trail of Tears by John Ely. Uh, Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. Still trying to get through that one. It's... Uh, I, it, it's I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard read. It's worth it, but for me, it's been a difficult read. Um but I'm also like bouncing back and forth between uh, Reclaiming Two Spirits by Gregory D. Smithers and An Indigenous People's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz. Wow. Yeah, so. What a great group of books. I've been enjoying them so far. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard, I've heard that about that uh, Matt Oren book. Actually, I have read it, and um, it can be a difficult read, but the. It is worth it when you get to the exercises. But I also have learned that his new book, um, that I can't think of the name, uh, his his writing style has changed, and it's um, 
it's a much easier uh, read. Oh, awesome, because I actually just got that book not too long ago. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Um, so, yeah, definitely, if you have that book, read it. If you don't have it, get it, uh, because Psychic Witch is worth, it is worth it. Um, but it just, it, you're not alone if you find it difficult. Um, he's a great writer. But oh yeah it's nothing against yeah. his writing it's it's my own like i'm one of those people that if there is an exercise i feel like i cannot proceed in the book until i've mastered mm-hmm. that exercise so that's right. i've been at a stopping point hit a hard wall oh. <laughs> that's that's fair well maybe it means that you need to set it down and try something else and then come back to that book oh yeah well Hence the uh, the three other books that I am cycling through at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, so do you want to tell me a little bit about your practice? Sure. Uh, my personal practice is a blend of, you know, the, the European pagan practices of, uh, you know, that they date back to the more Celtic roots as well mm-hmm. as a blend of traditional Cherokee medicine and mm-hmm. a touch of Appalachian folk magic. Wow. That sounds like a great blend. I like that. It, it's interesting and uh, it's fun. Honestly. <laughs> do you find, uh, do you find similarities between the three? Is that why it's, it's an easy blend for you or? Well, the, the thing about Appalachian folk magic is that it is an amalgamation of traditional folk medicine as well mm-hmm. as traditional indigenous medicine. Uh-huh. So they're very similar at times. Okay. Uh, there's, of course, you know, there are definitely key differences such as, you know, a lot of mountain which is, you know, mountain practitioners, they will use even, like, the Christian Bible as a spell book. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, whereas I, I do not. <laughs> but uh-huh. there was so much crossover between people who uh, colonized the Appalachian Mountains and the surrounding areas, so much crossover there between indigenous peoples and their medicine that it's really very similar as far uh-huh. as you know, which plants are used and what they're used mm-hmm. for. Uh, there is right. a difference in ritual and uh, mythology, but mm-hmm. for the most part, that is very similar. And, of course, the tie to uh, the Celtic magic is also, it kind of ties in with the mountain magic, too, because the Celtic magic was practiced by... Uh, peoples of, you know, that occupied like Scotland, Ireland, you know, mm-hmm. those areas who eventually brought those beliefs and practices across the ocean with them when they immigrated mm-hmm. to North America. And a lot of Scottish and Scotch Irish immigrants, uh, married into and blended in with the indigenous peoples because their mm-hmm. lifestyles were so similar at one time. So there is quite a bit of crossover and it's very interesting to see those connections and get those really fun, like, huh moments. (laughs) Right. That is really interesting. Um, 
potentially, I would love to bring you back and discuss that solo. Actually. I'm sure. Just, <laughs> you just let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would love to get more into that, but I'm not prepared. I don't have questions prepared for that. <laughs> well, we, we, I think we have time. Hopefully we have okay. time. <laughs> okay. I hope so too. Um, do you have a, we're going to go back to books. Okay. Uh, do you have a, a favorite metaphysical or occult book? Mm, well, one of my current favorites is actually called uh, Ozark Folk Magic by Brandon Weston. Right. I believe you've read this one, haven't you? I have. I actually, I read it and then I sent it to my mom who actually lives in the Ozarks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember that. Uh, yeah. That's one of my favorites right now. Uh, mainly because there is like Brandon did their research very, very well. And they actually did mm -hmm. speak with uh, my, well, not my personal, but a, a medicine man who has worked within Cherokee nation for many, many years. So mm -hmm. getting to learn more about the, the crossover there between indigenous traditional medicine and the Ozark magic was really a big sell point for me. So that gotcha. is one of my current favorite books. That's great. Yeah. He was at that, um, that convention that you and I went to, but he was there the day we, the day before we went. Yeah. I remember that. Cause I was like, Oh, Brandon's going to be there. And then we switched up <laughs> to then, go to uh -oh. Sunday and I was like, ah, <laughs> dang, yeah. just missed them. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on. Um, do you have a favorite mundane book or author? I don't really have a favorite. And as far as, you know, mundane reading goes, I, I tend to consume more, uh, more media on like podcasts and stuff like short stories uh -huh. and things like that. But one of my favorite mundane authors, uh, her name is Jemiah Jefferson. She wrote these, this book series, which is called uh, Voice of Blood. I discovered her first book, and I think her first book was actually called Voice of the Blood. This is the one that I saw, if I'm not mistaken. I discovered that when I was like 19 years old in one of the smaller home one of the smaller towns around here at a dollar general of all places. Huh. And when I read it, there was actually a character in her book that was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is near where I live. And so I was like, well, I was simply meant to find this book. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she has been, uh, she's been probably one of my top three. She has a, a really interesting take on vampires Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, you, you you can't sleep on the things you can find at, at Dollar General and bargain bookstores because sometimes they've got some really great stuff. Oh, yeah. Especially since you're seeing more and more, like, in places like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, you know, the more the discount stores, they're getting uh -huh. the overstock or the outlet stuff that right. bigger bookstores are just kind of getting rid of. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely go check out those places if you need if you need the the reading stuff. Good God, what <laughs> horrible words just came out of my face? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna change it up to um. Where do I want to go from here? Okay. If you had to choose three things to keep on your altar, what would those three things be? Well, I have an ancestor altar that I keep uh, set up. So I'll just tell you things that I keep on there. I keep tobacco on my altar, uh, smoky quartz, and I am a member of the deer clan in Cherokee Nation, so I also keep a little pewter deer figurine in honor of that. Very nice. Very nice. It's very interesting um, how so the Navajo Nation also has clans. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just love learning about about those different parts of, of the tribes and how there's so much crossover amongst all of the tribes. You know. Yeah, it is very interesting. I mean, because it's not when you when you think back on it and you really Yeah, you, know, you really think about it, there were trade routes established in North mm -hmm. America, all across North America, so that different tribes could interact with one another via, you know, trading or just gathering for counsel or whatnot. Right. So, yeah, there is a lot of crossover, but there's also, it's also so beautiful how each tribe has their own unique cultural practices. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I would love to chat more about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to have a summer series. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Learning with summer. Oh, gosh. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> um, all right. So if you could meet any witch or I'm going to say witch or uh, tribal um, elder or ancestor or current uh, living elder, who would it be? Um, if we're going to go with an elder, like they weren't a practitioner of medicine or magic as far as I know, but I would love to meet Sequoia, who is responsible for creating the Cherokee syllabary, which is the written form of our language. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would love to actually sit and talk to with the creator of course i'm, I'm gonna have to learn cherokee first but you know uh, well you're working on that though right yeah i am i am currently enrolled in a community class the the cherokee nation is sponsoring a lot of community classes for speakers to go out into different towns different places and hold uh cherokee classes for those who would like to learn the language that's so cool that's so cool. And I love your answer. It's a great answer. Yeah. Um, that's such an interesting thing. I, I just love learning. <laughs> <laughs> learning is so much fun. Um, do you have, uh, do you have a 
daily practice that you would like to share? Well, I, it's a bit of, I mean, I don't really see it as a, a magical practice really, but it, mm-hmm. it can be, I suppose, but I do uh, a grounding every day. Like at the end of the mm-hmm. day, whenever I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep I will sit there and I will meditate myself to sleep because honestly sometimes that's the only way that I can get to sleep is to meditate but uh, it's just a way to kind of wind down uh, collect my thoughts through the day kind of process things that happen like if it was a rough day you know you need that extra time to process and uh, that's I just ground every day that's great. That's great. So do you go through, do you like say goodnight to your body? I do like a, a full body scan whenever I'm lying okay. there. Like I'll go, I'll start at my toes and I'll just feel my way up through my muscles just to see where I'm holding any tension or if there's anything like positioning I need to address or if I'm feeling any kind of like energy blockages, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, okay. it's a very relaxing practice and it, gives my mind something to focus on and then that's great yeah woodsy and i were at yoga the other night and um you know we've been to a ton of different yoga instructors and for the first time ever this yoga instructor who is this really adorable like 73 year old man um we were doing a shavasana at the end you know we were doing corpse pose Mm -hmm. and he's like he started saying, now say goodbye to your feet. And I was like, well, where are they going? <laughs> like, that's what went through my mind. I was like, where am I going? Like, like so uh, I, I, I need those. My, <laughs> I know, I lost my concentration. And I'm sure it's a thing in yoga, but I've never heard it before. So it just totally threw me off. <laughs> and then afterwards, we were driving home. And my daughter's like, mom. When he said, say goodbye to your feet, I was like, where are they going? She's like, what? (laughs) You guys were going to be defeated. Yeah. So anyone who does yoga and knows what that means, please, please feel free to shoot me an email because I don't know. Macy, (laughs) help me out here, friend. (laughs) All right. Uh, Sorry. Back back to, back to, to what we were talking about. So, you know what, I I normally ask if you follow one thing, which we've discussed, uh, that you're kind of a, a mixture of three, but I would like to know, can, is there any part of, um, I don't know if the Cherokee even have a pantheon like other uh, tribes do, but is there, is there a part of Cherokee beliefs that you would like to share? Well, I will share what I know so far because uh, the problem is is that due to colonization, uh, the Cherokee as well as you know all the native tribes of the Americas, right. they mm-hmm. have lost so many traditional practices. So, right. the figures that I do know of, because this seems to be the uh, the consensus looking back on our history, you know, what, what we have recorded is that there is a creator spirit and that creator is 
somewhat like the Christian God outside of the existence of Earth. You know, mm-hmm. like, they're a, a celestial being is, I guess, how you would refer to it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there are spirits. Not necessarily gods, but, you know, spirits of nature. There are the thunders that live in the West. And there are, uh, I think, dear woman or dear lady, however you hear her refer to, that's actually mm-hmm. a figure that, like, crosses many different, many different cultures. Like, many right. different people will know about dear woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a, a protectress, I would say. She's a protectress of women and children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a big fan of her. <laughs> That's so interesting because in the Celtic, like way, way back in the Celtic, they had Dear Mother. Oh, is that right? And she, yeah. And she was a protector of, of women and children, among many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not talked about a lot. Um, but uh, it's just interesting how cultures have crossovers like that. I love <laughs> I love things like that. It just makes me excited. Like, yeah. Because it's like pre-colonization. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think during the times, you know, before colonization, even, you know, the colonization of, you know, Scotland, Ireland, those countries, the, you know, the more pagan practitioners then would look to nature mm-hmm. so often and... I mean, that's, I'm, isn't that what a lot of witchcraft is, is nature worship? So. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is. And paganism is nature-based. Mm-hmm. So. And so I, I also, I enjoy seeing the, the, the different uh, correlations that each culture made with nature yeah. and, you know, the animals and the plants and whatnot. Right, right. Yeah, that's so interesting. We'll have to look. Let's add that to the list, Summer. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna just take notes here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're at four episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you celebrate the Sabbaths? I don't know that I would necessarily say that I celebrate them. I acknowledge them, but most of the uh-huh. time, I'm they sneak up on me. They have a tendency to sneak mm-hmm. up on me real fast. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, I would probably say that my most practiced Sabbath would be Samhain mm-hmm. because I mean, who doesn't love Halloween? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but I also, because we do in my household, at least we do Halloween, which is fun. And, you know, you go trick or treating and you do the modern thing. And then mm-hmm. I personally, myself, I will do something for Samhain, which is more, mo- most of the time involves um, ancestor veneration for me. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So how did you find, how did witchcraft become a part of your life? Well, I was raised uh, going to our stomp grounds, which is the ceremonial grounds for a lot of indigenous tribes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was, of course, you know, it has its roots in quote unquote paganism. However, you would see that right. in, uh, in the Americas, but 
it was the ritual itself is very similar to what I began to learn about witchcraft after because I became kind of disconnected from my culture at a certain point and went in search of trying to connect with something else and if I have to be completely honest <laughs> which I kind of don't want to because it's such a cliche <laughs> but uh, it really hit big whenever I saw that movie The Craft oh yeah yeah that was when I started to uh, take an interest in well Wicca was the first thing because you know that was the right. that was the mainstream religion yeah, in the 90s. yeah. Mm -hmm. so and then researching Wicca and learning more about witchcraft, I was like, hey, this is, a lot of this is a lot like what I know about medicine. So it was just, it aligned with my, uh -huh. my, my beliefs as they were and uh, that foundation of belief. So uh, I guess, I guess I have to say the craft. <laughs> Thank you, the craft. <laughs> Thank you so much for Balk. <laughs> Yes, it. I, I mean, that movie, among I think several others in the '90s, I think really had a huge impact on um, a lot of modern day witches. Because oh yeah, because it it was just a part of our childhood that said, oh, you, it's okay to be, it's okay to be the weirdos, Mister. You know what I mean? Exactly. And there were so <laughs> many of us out there who were just so disenfranchised. Right, right. <laughs> and and in my personal case, raised by the television a lot. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah, that was a great movie. You know, the first time I ever saw the craft, uh, I was watching it alone, mm -hmm. and I was, I guess, twelve when it came out. I, I had to have been twelve or thirteen because I was still living uh, on the National Park. So I was, I was relatively young and I was still kind of like, you know, I mean, I played Barbies until I was like 15. So I was, I was still kind of young and naive. And that scene where a um, person whose name, I can't remember, the main character, uh, goes into the uh, Metaphys store and Nancy like lights it on fire and you hear her giggling, you know, cackling, not giggling, witches don't giggle. Um, you hear her cackling. It scared shit out of me. Well, I mean... And I had to turn it off. Oh, wow. And then I waited for my dad to come home, because I was home alone, because I was raised by the television like you. Right. I mean, days of our lives was a daily thing for me. Um, I waited for my dad to come home, and then I, I was able to watch the rest, but that, that, was, that was scary for me. <laughs> yeah i think because my mom and i one of the things that we would that we would do is we would watch she loved watching movies and she really did enjoy uh scary movies particularly mm -hmm. and i think if i'm remembering correctly we did watch that one at home so i don't think she realized how uh how impressionable i was at that age <laughs> because then I started, you know, learning about it. And she never really said much against it. She was just like, oh, so, okay, you want to read a book? Here's, because I believe the first witchcraft book I ever got was 
Earth, Air, Fire, Water by Scott Cunningham. Oh, okay. I think that's the right title. I'm not sure, but I know it was a Scott Cunningham uh, book. So. Uh, and that was my, my first witchcraft book that I ever owned. And I don't think that my mom really realized what it was because a few months down the line, I had made a little, I think it was just like a little, a little sachet bag, you know, with some stones and herbs. And it was just a little bundle that I had in my drawer and she would come in and like pick up my room or whatever, what have you. I was spoiled. So she found that and she was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's, it's just a, it's just a, a bundle to, you know, keep me safe. And she's like, are you doing what those girls were doing in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes. Mom, that's and I was exactly like, what I was doing. yes, <laughs> yes, that is, that is correct. So she was a little bit leery, but that's funny. She never really um, made a huge deal out of it. And yeah, it is earth, air, fire, and water. Um, more techniques of natural magic. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's that's the first time anyone said that that was their first witch book. Uh, to me, anyway. So that's a new one. That's exciting. It's it's usually been his uh, solitary witch. I do. I, I do have that one. I think I, yeah, I do own that one too, but, uh, this was, you know, back in the nineties and I don't, was the solitary, which even published in the nineties. I don't even know when it was published. Yeah, it was published. Um, uh, God, I'm honestly seven years. Uh, let's look. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of people say that was their first. Right on. Um, mine was, Oh, is it? Okay, so The Solitary Witch is by Silver Ravenwolf, so maybe it's something else. What's his... Um, eh, whatever. I'm just Googling stuff while I'm... <laughs> you know. Like you do. But you gotta get the information. Yeah, you do. That's right. I have to... All It's showing me all of his books except for the one I want. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> moving, moving right along. Um, so we're at the point um, where I ask. So we're at the point where I ask my uh, guests to share a spell or a ritual or a recipe. Do you have something to share today? Well, I have a little bit of a cleansing ritual that I like to do. Um, it's very simple. All you need is water. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's derivative of a Cherokee medicine practice that we, we would refer to it as going to water. Um, because Cherokees, you would always find our villages near a, near a river. Because right. water was very, very important. Right. Uh, it was part of our of our traditional practices and whatnot. But, uh, and of course, you know, water is life. So right, right, right. of course it was important. Uh, but what I will do is, and I typically, I prefer to be in an actual body of water to do this, but you don't have to, uh, you could be 
You could be in your bathtub. You could just have a bowl of water in front of you. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you got some water. Uh, and what I will do is I will sit there and I, you know, of course I ground and I meditate and I get my head right. And then once I am in a calm and relaxed state, I can you, I mean, you can use a stick, you can use a wand, you can use your finger, it doesn't matter, but I will touch the surface of the water and I will draw sigils or symbols just Sometimes I have them thought up ahead of time. Sometimes I'm just generally, sometimes I'll even do something so simple as a circle. Just to be like, you know, we're creating safety. We're we're surrounding ourselves with, you know, white light. Or we're just, we're cleansing ourselves. You know, you can't pass this, this boundary sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I will do that i will trace the symbol seven times because seven is a a sacred number in cherokee tradition so i will trace the symbol seven times and then once i've done that i will if i have like a prayer or something that i've written or a specific intention in mind i will also say that along with drawing the symbol and i will also repeat that seven times and then I will just take the water, scoop it up in my hands, and then just scoop it up and over the head. And do that seven times as well. Now, like I said, you can do this with a bowl of water. You might want to do it outside so you don't make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do it in the bathtub. Or if you are able to get to a body of water, you can just get in the water and do this. But Very nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorite cleansing rituals. Yeah, I do notice when we have when we go to Anahata's, you're always you're always in the water. That's the first place I go. In fact, the like the the first time I went to Anahata's, and the first time I was down, you know, at the river on the big rock that we all know and love. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. We had actually gone there the night before the festival began, and I went out there and I sat and I had a really meditative moment. And I heard, like, very distinctly, I heard the words, Welcome home, daughter. Aww. And it was, it was a very moving moment for me. And it just, it seems right that we were in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And that I was down at the river. I mean, it just, it all lined up with things that I found Mm -hmm. out later on. So, it's really amazing. That's really wonderful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Of course awesome um can you also would you like uh, sorry i'm just all flabbergasted now flustered <laughs> you're okay um <laughs> would you like to share a card pull today sure of course i would i will be pulling from i had to go in and look at my collection and see which one was talking <laughs> to me today uh, i am going to pull from the Threads of Fate Oracle. I have the Shadow Edition. Okay. And... Oh, you're going to hear me shuffling and everything. Ooh. Okay. I like it when that happens. Ooh. Cards jumping out already. Easy. Down, boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call that clumsiness on my part. <laughs> That's fair. 
Okay, here we go. And we have pulled the Sovereign card. Oh. Yeah, this deck has archetypes in it. And let me, if I can find the, the right page, I will read. Aha, the Sovereign. The Sovereign card invites us to activate the leader, visionary, and enthusiast within us. It is a time to welcome in passion and fire while creating structure that allows for you to nurture your dreams. Sovereign creates a container which allows for growth within themselves and others. They approach situations with a no-bullshit attitude and may come across as harsh to some people. Their strong boundaries and opinions may even be intimidating to others, but in reality, it is their way of nurturing. They have no interest in appeasing others simply to keep them comfortable. They will continue to push those around them so that they can grow. The Sovereign also calls us to create structure. From a place of structure, the Sovereign knows that life runs more smoothly, allowing for the manifestation of true success, security, and happiness. Where in your life do you continually find chaos? Where are your energy and resources getting sapped? The Sovereign invites you to examine those situations practically and cut out what is no longer serving you. This is not a time for being sentimental or nostalgic. The Sovereign is realistic about what is needed and gets it done, knowing that it makes room for true peace. Nice. I love that. Cut the bullshit card. That's great. Yeah, I feel a little called out right now, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people feel called out by that card. (laughs) Even when things are going right, something can be called out by that card. Um, So before we sign off I want to talk to you a little bit about your business so before we go into it um everyone knows I talk about it all the time uh my my sweet boy Chaka passed away um in December of last year and I found out that Summer was doing um beaded portraits uh and so I commissioned her to make a a beaded portrait of my Boston Terrier Chaka and she made the most beautiful uh, portrait of him and I have it hanging in my car and it has these little rainbow beads or little crystal beads around it and when the sun hits it the right way um, it, it shines rainbows and it's just one of my prized possessions um I talk to it all the time when I'm driving. Um, when I get out of my car, I say goodbye. When I get in, I say hello. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. And oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's so special to me. Uh, so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is <laughs> Summer's very talented. <laughs> well, so Summer, you. can you tell us a little about highly creative native what do you do uh what kind of products do you offer how do people get a hold of you if they want to order things all of those things uh well at uh in my etsy shop at highly creative native all one word i am currently selling it's mostly just beadwork at the moment uh i've taught myself how to bead because i i don't know if it's known but, um, how oh, did you hear the motorcycle that just drove by my house? 
I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I can hear it in my headphones, so I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, That's okay. But at Highly Creative Native, I, I do a lot of bead work. Right now, what I have in stock is mostly um, earrings that dangle, you know, pretty far down. Uh, I do smoke clips, which for those of you who partake of the cannabis might be familiar with a clip that you can hold your your pre-roll with <laughs> and uh, I like to do beadwork on that I do several different designs uh, it's just a, a little handy tool because I just I just find it easier to hold um, I also keep you from burning yourself <laughs> But I do uh, lanyards as well, as Amberly has stated. I also do uh, portraits. I've, I'm working on new designs all the time, and I am open to doing commissions if anybody is curious about, you know, beadwork. Authentically made by a Native American, might I mention. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I, I will say that our friend Teresa bought some earrings from Summer that are so adorable. They're little UFOs with the the tractor beam coming down, um, pulling someone up into. <laughs> into I actually, the... I just made another pair for her. Actually, I did a, a different design. It's still the same. Um, it's still the same concept. A, a UFO. Uh-huh abducting a person but i also designed one that now there is a cow being abducted as well what i'll have to send you I'm a picture I, I, I love it it's so cute <laughs> i'm i'm just i'm so pleased with myself i really am. well you should be because you are absolutely amazing and considering the fact that you're self-taught i'm i'm amazed because you guys i will post another picture of this thing on my instagram of chaka like I sent a picture of him just a few uh, months before he passed away and it looks just like him. And even my husband was like, wow, she made him look just like, you know, right before he passed, you know, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Um, well, I'm so happy that you enjoy it. I was so happy I to do, do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very special to me and it's even more special because you made it and, and that's wonderful. So thank you. Um, where can uh, we find you on Instagram? I am highly creative native, all one word, on Instagram. Uh, I post pictures of some of my beadwork. Uh, also, some of I'm I'm getting into basket weaving. <gasps> what? Yeah. Um. So I've been practicing that. You'll see a few photos of that, and then just. I'm thinking about starting a TikTok. I'm not quite sure because I don't. Videos are so hard. <laughs> I know. But uh, on on Instagram and Facebook, it is highly creative native, all one word. Awesome, awesome. You know, I play with the with the idea of doing a TikTok every once in a while, and then I'm like, that sounds exhausting. It really does. It really does. <laughs> well, and plus, I don't have like all of the things. You know, yeah, because I, I, mean, I know that lots of people don't need all the things, but I feel like I would have to have all the things. I mean, I feel the same way about it because I'm like, no, if I'm going to be a content creator, that means I need a camera and I need lights and I need 
all these different rigs and yeah. microphones and yeah you need you need the thing to hold your camera over you so that people can see what's happening with both of your hands instead of trying to to video yourself making something with one hand it doesn't really work that way yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right. Well, if you do end up having a TikTok, you need to let me know. Well, if I end up creating a TikTok, I will let everybody know on my Instagram page or my Facebook page. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> well, um, so everybody be prepared because Summer will be back. I'm very excited. Um, and thank you, Summer, for coming to join me today. I was very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And next time I'm in Arkansas, we're going to have to go do more things. Absolutely. We'll have to make a weekend of it and go dig crystals or something. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I can come visit you in Oklahoma so you don't have to drive into Arkansas. I mean, if you want to. That sounds so excited, <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, thank you again. And, um,. Everybody, we will see you next time. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts.